views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. WNRI race fans, are you ready? It's time for those most famous words in motorsports. Please welcome the host of Race Chatter, Wayne Bobber, to give the command. Drivers, start your engines. another edition of the award-winning Race Chatter Automobile Racing Program on the station with personality 99.9 FM WNRI also 1380 AM since 1954 and always WNRI.com first part of our show is brought to you by you know there's a lot of repair garages in Northern Rhode Island tire dealers, oil change specialists, new car dealers. We have a high-performance specialist, too, that sponsors with our show. Been with us since day one, and I'm proud to announce that DMB Performance is staying on for another season. Big DMB Performance Automotive Repair at 91 South Main Street, Pasco, Rhode Island, 401-710-9800. If you're coming up from Route 295, take exit 7B onto Route 44, then at the lights in Chipagetch, Bear right onto Route 100. Complete repair and service of domestic, foreign cars, and light trucks. High-performance work is their specialty. Already since 2000 in the town of Burrowville. Engine diagnosis, suspension, Rhode Island State Inspection. They do a real bang-up job with air conditioning, CV work, all kinds of axle work, and fuel injection. All mechanics are ASE certified and auto advanced level specialists and engine performance. They specialize in Ford high performance and engine rebuilding. Not just a changer of pots. Engine rebuilding they'll get their hands dirty. They worked on the Tasca Ford race program from 1984 through 1997. Again, local jobs and local tax fans. Stop by for an appointment or an estimate of any repair or preventative maintenance. Call 401 710 and that's Dawn and customer service, one of the best in the business at DMB Performance and Automotive Repair, 91 South Main Street, beautiful Pasco, Rhode Island, 401-710-9800. And we're also a proud sponsor of uh, Keith Ballou in the number 10 Monster Mini, sponsored by Worry and Works, Angels Collision Center at 274 Putnam Pike on Route 44, Beautiful Chirpatrick, Rhode Island, that restored beautiful building. 401-949-3952, to 5 p.m., uh, call ahead. He does like to get nine holes in if he gets a chance. And an added service they've added on the last two years because now that's becoming high-tech. Windshield replacements. A lot of them now have a sensor or a computer-based item inside the windshield that has to be recalibrated with windshield replacements. They're factory-trained experts and expert color matching also. Angels Collision Center. They mix the paint right on the side, 401-949-3952. 
Harvest Moon Health Foods, Route 21, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza at Putnam, Connecticut. 860-928-2352. Healthy foods for a healthy lifestyle, gluten-free products, over 100 dried herbs, nuts, and seeds. Healthy snacks. Help your body to reinforce its immune response. Hemopathic and herbal allergy relief. We stock quality brand manufacturers, including Against the Grain, Rudy's, Nature's Plus, Batlean's Organic Oils, Food for Life, and so much more. Natural honey and organic coconut sugar, raw milk. Elderberry for flu remedies. Consumer-friendly hours are Monday through Wednesday, 10 to 6 p.m., Thursday to Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Sundays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Harvest Moon Health Foods. .net, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza, Putnam, Connecticut. 860-928-2352. Proud sponsor of Brian Tag and the number 9 in the late model at Thompson Speedway. And you can see Brian in action this weekend. Uh, they're going to get the rain uh, shortened uh, weekend. Rescheduled this weekend for the Sizzler at Stafford Speedway. And I believe it's been 38 years since the act. American Canadian Tour makes a return visit to Stafford Speedway. And Brian, after a top 10 finish at Thompson and the Icebreaker, has decided to uh, cherry pick a couple of the act tours. This one's close to home with a flat service half mile track. And you can see him action this weekend driving that familiar number nine. Folks, if you or someone you know is celebrating a birthday and you want Wayne to announce it on his program, just send him an email. His address is WayneWNRI at Yahoo.com. Help make that special someone feel like celebrating with a birthday shout-out on WNRI. Thank you, Johnny Ray. Happy birthday today, our cousin, Kennedy Pepler. We'll see you over the weekend over at Thompson at that's your affair they had. Uh, Stephen Tapley. It works all the tracks throughout New England. Turns a young 61 today. Chase Belcher did a lot of racing down a Seacock Speedway Sunday. And my very, very good friend and my father's good friend, Patrice Wood from Channel 10, is celebrating a big birthday today with her golden retrievers. We've got the results right now from the Whalen Modified race that they had, race number three, Manadnack Speedway. Was a 200 lapper with 30 race teams. Doug Kobe gets his 35th career win, driving the seven for Tommy Baldwin. Uh, John McKennedy, last year's champ, driving the 79, finishes second. And Ron Silk, who had the opening race win down in New Smyrna back on February 11th, gets another top three. Very valuable points. Uh, Austin Bears proves it's no fluke. Different race service, different track, finishes fourth in the 64. Justin Bonsignori from Long Island on the 51 finishes fifth. A lot of points that may come in handy for him with three races coming up at Riverhead later in the year, starting on the next race. Sammy Ramu with a lot of local experience, driving the 06, finishes sixth. Eric Goodall from uh, Long Island came up. Uh, Kyle Bonsignori, another member of the family, eighth. Uh, Mr. Money, Matt Hirschman, driving the 60, could only manage a top nine finish over Patrick Emling. A little uh, notes here on local drivers. Jake Johnson from Seacock Speedway and uh, Thompson Speedway fame. Driving the, let me see, I wasn't sure what he's driving the three, I think it was. 14th place, uh, Maddie Kimball. 
Young Maddie Kimball from Madadnock fame in Claremont, driving the 43, gets valuable experience in for a 20th place finish with the best in the country, and he finished 197 laps, three down. Uh, the only female in it, the female driver of the year, most popular driver, quite a few years now, Melissa Fifield qualified, made the field in the 01 and finished 26th. We have the rest results from Monadnack on their regular divisions from Sunday coming up in a second. And right now, without further ado, did you know? Now this is an EB hobby. He hasn't come out of the out of the ground and risen for the race chatter. But it's uh, Wayne Bobby here on the race chatter using a Mr. Hobby term as an introduction. Uh, I'm not saying that Rick is as old as he is. I think he's got me by a couple of years old. But did you know that we have an automobile racing museum in Little Rhode Island? Yes, we do. And it's not in Providence. It's not in Newport. It's right here in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. We may have lost the Red Sox, you know, up the west with the new stadium. But the gym in Rhode Island is Pro 9 Motorsports Museum, where racing history repeats itself. That's at 8 Cleveland Street, Pawtucket, Rhode Island. And call Rick or his fine staff ahead. You know, it's all our volunteers down there. 401-447-4202. Especially if you're researching anything. A long-lost relative, Ancestry.com. You'd like to have confirmation that, yes, that person did raise a car. And what did he do that year? They've got all of that information down there in their advanced library system. It'll blow your socks off. Spend some hours down there because they've got it all, including a few authentic older race cars on display for your viewing. Good evening, Rick. How are you? Hi, well, thanks for that uh, brilliant introduction. Oh, my God, I, I feel like I'm really important now. Well, that there, and $1.99, I'll get you a cup of coffee. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, Rick? Everything's fine here, Wayne. I'm glad to be on the show again. Uh, just loving this weather and can't wait to get into the racing uh, over my head here. Yeah. I've been waiting too long. The weather is, is finally breaking, and I'm into it now. Rick, I know you're in your retirement now. I believe you used to work for Johnson, DPW, and stuff. And yes. now, Mr. Quinn, Oscar Hancock, yourself, do this monumental task of getting the message of near out all throughout the eastern seaboard. It shows up at all of your local tracks, all of your automotive events. You'll always see that fantastic van that Oscar and his fine staff did the graphics on to keep the history of automobile racing in New England alive with all the numerous hours and miles and donations are gladly accepted to keep it going. You uh, attract any young blood to give you a hand uh, yet? Uh, yes, there's, uh, you know, as far as the museum is concerned, uh, the Hall of Fame truck and stuff, it's, it's going very well. 
Uh, there's some new members, and I can't stress enough the fact that we need, uh, you know, more members to join here and to, to help keep the, uh, the history alive. Not, you know, when I'm not talking the Pronine Motorsports Museum uh, in general. I'm talking all of New England. And uh, that's what NIR does. And it, it honors the people who have brought, uh, you know, the sport to what it is here in New England and across the country. You know, well, NASCAR is celebrating their 75th year. And uh, uh, we can't wait to showcase the, the, the big piece of New England's uh, history concerning NASCAR. You know, it was... It was uh, after a major event held here in Rhode Island at the Lonsdale Sports Arena uh, back in 1947 that they all uh, were standing around the pit area and said, hey, you know, this could be big if we organize this thing. And uh, they said, well, let's get together and do this. And next thing you know, they're meeting in Florida and um, uh, NASCAR was formed in 1948. So uh, we really had a big foot in it. And uh, that's that's the way uh, it all started. You know, we're racing up here, they're racing down there, but we all came together and, and started to do it right. I dedicated a whole chapter into one of my books, New England's Golden Years of Racing. Uh, and a glimpse into the future, a whole chapter on the Lonsdale Speedway. And there's a big part of it when Bill France and some of the top drivers from the southern part of the country came up here to tangle with our local guys. And what a war that was. And if I remember right from the documentation I got out of the Providence Journal and a few of the racing references that I did my research on, I didn't want to embellish anything. I wanted to be accurate on it. As you know, as close as I could, and some of those crowds were twenty to thirty thousand people, dressed in woolen coats with top hats. And it was just like when the uh, the speed, uh, not the speedway, the horse tracks first opened, or even Major League Baseball. How the people dressed up for the event to go to that. And it must have been a lot of uh, mill workers from the Cumberland Lonsdale area that this was their event of the week. Exactly. You know, um, you got to remember, this was right after the war, and uh, there wasn't a lot of other, uh, you know, entertainment things available and um, other than ball sports and things. And so this, this was really fascinating to people to go to the races, whether it was running at Kingston Fairgrounds or Lonsdale Sports Arena, it attracted many, many people. And Lonsdale held 30,000 people. And, <laughs> I mean, that's big for a small stadium right here in Rhode Island. Well, also I've uh, noticed something else that I stumbled across over the years. Wall Stadium down in New Jersey. If you do the Google Maps from outer space that they're capable of doing now, the dimensions of Wall Stadium are identical to the former Lonsdale Speedway. And how those engineers match that, you know, um, what, 40 years apart, 50 years apart? I don't know how they did it, but you'll go down to Wall Stadium and you'll visualize this is the size of the track they had in little old Rhode Island. And it must have been such a uh, eighth wonder of the world around here. And then the noise, no mufflers or anything then. Right. Well, that's that's what got me... uh hooked on it was my aunt lived down the street on Marshall Avenue and uh, when my parents would go out they would leave me at my aunt's house 
and I could hear the cars down the road, maybe about a, a mile down the road, and um, I used to ask my uncle, you know, what is that? What's, what's that noise? What's going on? And he said, I'll, I'll take you some night. And uh, I think I was five years old. He took me there, and uh, it just stuck, and that's what I wanted to do all my life. My first race I went to, I grew up in Mapleville, in Boroughville, the town of Boroughville, a little village. And uh, I would hear the cars because Thompson Speedway, which opened up in uh, 1940 after the 38 hurricane, they were running the road courses, winding up those Porsches and variety, uh, uh, Ferraris and stuff like that with those long, long road course winding. And we actually had the town was our limit. It was very, very safe environment growing up in Mapleville. And you'd leave in the morning. And as long as you got back when the whistles blew from the mills of the changing of the shift or the fire department with their six or seven o'clock, as long as you made it under the wire, you didn't get the strap or whatever. But in between that, you could do anything you wanted as long as you didn't get in trouble because the old man didn't want to hear it. So I got on my old Schwinn. And I got up as high as Buck Hill, and then I flew down the other side of it to get up to the track. And I'd say, where is this thing? Is it in Hotfit? Can I ever find it? So all of a sudden, I got closer and closer to the noise. And then I said, oh, shoot, I don't have any money to get in this thing. They must charge something. But I was attracted by the sound. So I snuck in, (laughs) parked my bicycle, and I snuck in, and I never got caught. And that's when I got hooked on racing. And that's a true story, and I'm sticking to it. We we all have our stories, how we've uh, been attached to this sport, and they're all fascinating. And that's, you know, that's the um, most important thing that I enjoy uh, when I listen to the people when we're at an event with the Hall of Fame truck and the people come up and share their uh, uh, their stories of growing up around who their favorite driver was. And, and that's that's the big part that I never get tired of either listening to uh, with the New England Antique Racers group or people that come to visit the museum. Everyone has their own story, and they're all different, and they're all fascinating, and we all can relate. Now, my dad was in the Second World War. He's still with us at 97. And uh, when they came back, uh, he worked at Johnny Pomfret Ford Sales, which is in Mapleville, where George's Auto Repair is now. That was actually a Ford dealership, a satellite from National Motors in Woonsocket, right on Social Street, where the post office is today and the old American Ringer used to be. There was actually a Ford dealership there, a Pomfret Ford Sales, and then his son, Jack, opened up the satellite up in Mapleville. My dad come home from the Second World War, him, Joe Jenner, and Walt Fior, and he became Potts manager, and then he got hooked up with Dick McNamara and started Pasco Auto Parts back in 59, I think it was, when Dick moved down from Massachusetts because the area was wide open. But uh, my father was involved on Eddie Hill's car, the eight ball, which you and Mr. Silver have interviewed him on over the years for different uh, idle items you, you were researching. And I had him a duplicate made of that old Ford Coupe with the Ford Flathead, Stromberg carburetor 
it is Zephyr transmission, and you got to put the truck wheels on and truck tires in case you did a little rubbing. You wanted to have them hold up during a long race. So I brought them over to Shane Hopkins, new state-of-the-art he shed over in Harrisville. Right now, with their building race cars and race trucks, all divisions, right in Harrisville, Rhode Island. So I, I brings my father over there a week and a half ago, and I, I agreed with Shane. You know, I asked him permission before that. He says, hell, bring him up. I bought parts off him for 40 years. I want to see him anyways. So they had the jigs all set up, you know, doing the different types of welding, electric and gas. And I took my father in there. Uh, first car we saw was a 442. The second one was a 64 Plymouth Barracuda with a 273 with a four-speed. And then they took off the covers of the modifieds that ran the day before at Thompson. And I think they were still warm. And my father put his hand up. <laughs> it was like he touched the holy grail. So one of the guys uh, from uh, Blackstone that raced a late model this weekend. He comes over and he says, George, he says, I've heard about you. And he says, when was the last time and how was it racing up to uh, Stafford Speedway in your day? All those old coops, everybody come back from the war. And George, my father looks at me and says, well, I don't know. He says, the last time I raced up there was dirt. (laughs) (laughs) I almost fell out of my pants right there. I think they paved it in 67 or 68. Um, yeah, close to the 70, yeah. yeah. But what is another story? And uh, he, he tells uh, Mr. LeMay that's over there, he says, you know what the secret to our success was? We had three wins in a row. He says, one of the guys on the crew would uh, just sneak out just enough of aviation fuel out of the Quonset uh, terminal down there. We had an advantage with the fuel. <laughs> yeah. What a story. You know, mine is very similar to that was, you know, like I said, after I was bitten there at Lonsdale and I I knew um, uh, growing up in Pawtucket uh, who they were, Andy Anderson, and uh, I can go on with names and and I would, you know, ride my bike when I was able to leave the neighborhood uh, up the street, around the corner and watch them load their cars uh, for Seekonk or... uh, Lonsdale or, or Norwood or something, they, I knew where these guys were. Everybody had a race car in their garage, in their backyard. Every gas station had one, you know? And I, I couldn't wait to get enough of it. And I would go there and stand at the end of the driveway and watch them uh, drive it onto the trailer or hook up the tow bar, whatever it was. And, and uh, I just couldn't get enough of it. And there wasn't anybody in my family that was automotive related, so I would always have to go with a neighbor or a friend of the family who was was going and they knew I was into it and they'd say, uh, we're going to take Rick with us and and my aunt would say, oh yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Well, there was a lot more of that too. With the neighborly stuff like that. You know, me yeah. growing up at Mapleville, we had Ronnie Scotland down in Oakland. The Matolas were always hanging around yeah. there, building some nice, nice modifieds, low budget. And then we had, uh, let me see, Roland Lapierre. He lived yeah. up in Mapleville for a while. Then a young Roland drove the car. And then uh, Archie Sherman was involved in the pit crew with that gro- uh, group there. And then the rollover came from Seacock. Archie yeah. is, is a New England legend himself. And oh, it just, 
I think my father said when I got back from the war and uh, the guys, you know, the, the mills were starting to shut down then, going down south. But yeah. everybody had like three to five races a week. Uh, at the time, uh, Connecticut still had over 20 tracks. Massachusetts had 16. And they looked at it as part-time jobs. Where else can you make 50 to $75 a week doing something you love? Right. Yeah, you, you did it because you loved it, but you also got paid, too. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that's how it all developed. It was, you had an option. You could actually race five out of seven days a week if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. If you were ambitious and you had the time, you could go anywhere you wanted to. It was races every night of the week. Now, right now, Rhode Island's got the distinction, the only state without an uh, automobile racetrack. And Massachusetts got, uh, let's see, Seekonk and anything else in Mass? Mm-hmm. I don't Nothing think so. Legal. Nothing legal. <laughs> you know, because you know, Hudson's right over the border. That's considered New yeah. Hampshire, even though it's that right is. on the border. Yeah, that's the problem with Seekonk, too. A lot of people that visit the museum, when I, I mentioned the fact in our Rhode Island room that, you know, Rhode Island doesn't have a racetrack anymore. And they go, oh, yeah, but don't you have Seekonk? And I say, that's Massachusetts. And they yeah. go, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot so of people. Close, they don't realize it, you know. A lot of people think it's an island, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Rhode Island, yeah. I got I an know, email from uh, Johnny here from Worcester, Massachusetts, and he says, you mentioned on the intro that you have some classic restored cars on display. What cars do you have in the museum right now? Does, well, that cha- does it change? Uh, yes, it does change. Um, uh, but, you know, we all started... Um, with one car, and that was because uh, when I joined uh, New England uh, Antique Racers uh, in 1983, the club had, was formed in 1981, and uh, I was just uh, uh, running late models in uh, SCCA myself at the time, but I was fascinated with the history of it, and um, I knew that uh, my friend Ronnie Pond out of Attleboro, he had saved Old Blue, uh, Fred DeSaro's ride and Bugsy Stevens' ride uh, from demise from the uh, Westboro Speedway, and he had it in his garage. And uh, I kept bothering him to take that car and show it with uh, Nier. And uh, he didn't have the time. He was still running weekly, and then he needed space, and he asked me uh, that winter, you know, I need space. Do you want to take Old Blue and do it with uh, uh, Nier? And I said, sure. That was asking me, like, if I wanted a Winston Cup ride, you know, back then. (laughs) So I was like, yes. I dropped everything I was doing and uh, um, went on to uh, uh, take that car in my possession, and that was the first one in the museum. Now, I know you've got Oscar Hancock's Thompson Modified, uh, yeah, a series of cars that was supposed to change automobile racing and make it more affordable in New England. And I think yeah. it lasted two and three-quarter seasons in Thompson, and then they uh, said to Oscar, we don't race that division anymore. So that was awful nice of him to uh, lend that to the organization, too. Yeah, that uh, that's still you know it's it's more it's more modern. We're talking mid two thousands, but you know the 
the division uh, uh, fell apart. There wasn't just enough. Uh, there wasn't enough cars, and the SK lights came around. And so these, uh, you know, people sold them and went on to other things after they, they uh, banned the um, division. But Oscar kept his because, just like with his son, and even I went through the same thing with my son. Was you know, it's big memories. That's family memories and everything. And he held on to this thing. And then one day he just said, "Rick, do you want to put it in the museum?" I know it's kind of modern, but, and I said, yeah, you know why I'll take that Oscar is because it shows where we've come to. We're, in the old days, you just, you went to the junkyard and you, you uh, bought a chassis from this and a body from that, and you built what you thought was going to be better than the other guy, yep. where Oscar's car, that was like ordered, like you were going to a, a, a dealership, you know, you had a crate motor, you had pre-made body panels, you, you had a chassis that was built for you, and all the suspension pieces were like right over the counter. And so it's a good example of how far the sport has come. And uh, we've, I've, like we were talking, I have 15 different styles of old race cars at the museum, starting from the midget from the 40s, going right up to Oscar's car. So, I mean, you can you can come. There's no white glove museum. This is, uh, um, you know, all artifacts that have come out of attics and basements and garages, and you're welcome to touch them, sit in them, whatever you want to do. Um, we about, and uh, Nier helps us uh, um, promote this, and uh, I, like I said, I've been a member since 1983, and I love it, and I'm, I'm also part of the Hall of Fame now, I've been honored for my uh, dedication to the sport, and uh, I couldn't ask for anything more. Now, down there, too, you have some vast collections that family members from deceased drivers and race teams have donated entire collections to you. Um, mountains yeah, and mountains of material. It's nonstop coming in the front door. I, I get calls all the time. It's always, you know, we're downsizing or we're moving and the kids don't want it. What are we going to do with it? We hate to throw it away. Uh, can you use it? Uh, certainly. Certainly we honor everybody's, whether it's one trophy or 20 trophies. We'll find a place for it hanging on the wall and, and uh, keep your history alive. Um, we, we all love this sport. And, uh, no matter uh, when... Somebody will come in and say, I knew that guy. I, I used to root for him. And, and, and they appreciate it and they relive the memories. Do you have a lot of family members doing Ancestry.com and want to verify or get to, say, a record of an ancestor that they heard was a driver somewhere? Does that come up a lot? Well, I don't know if it goes back to uh, Ancestry.com, but I'll tell you, a lot of people uh, call Seekonk Speedway and uh, inquire about uh, a relative, a father, an uncle, or a great-grandfather that raced there, and they were wondering how they could get a picture or maybe a program with his name in it. And uh, Seekonk Speedway always uh, gives them uh, us for a reference to give us a call. And um, probably nine times out of ten, we're able to give them something. You know, um, and it, it, it's uh, one one particular story that comes to mind was a uh, 
uh, a woman called me and said her her daughter had to do a a, a book report or a, a biography on a family member, and um, uh, so they were talking at dinner about uh, you know grandfathers and uncles and things like that. And uh, her mother said, "Oh, you know, Uncle So and So used to race." Uh, cars and she was like her eyes lit up he was a race car driver and so they got in touch with me and we were able to uh, give them uh, you know a program and a photo and things like that and she did this uh, fabulous biography and uh, the mother called us back and said thank you so so much she got an A <laughs> so that made us happy that's what it's all about and that history will never die hopefully uh, you can see the near truck at most locations, uh, I see it up at Thompson a lot and all around New England. Is there a schedule on your Pro 9 Motorsports Museum or on the near of where they can see the truck or where you're going to have the race cars displayed? I know up north, uh, Thunder Road, uh, Madanak Speedway, out of the clear blue sky, I'll be attending an event and all of a sudden there's 20 near cars there on display too. So is yeah. there something that you can see on the computer where the people can see these cars? Yes, if you go on uh, uh, NEAR, N-E-A-R-1, the number one, dot org, um, there's a schedule on there. They're revamping the website now, or you can follow them on Facebook, and they have the schedule on Facebook. Uh, New England Antique Racers on Facebook is also very informative. Or... Um, like we are uh, um, looking ourselves, the museum, uh, we're offering our displays to different car dealerships, businesses that may have room for a display. Um, you know, we over the years we've uh, um, approached Blackstone Valley Tourism, the city of Pawtucket, to find us a more acceptable location because basically we started off as a as an office warehouse, and it was to warehouse auto racing memorabilia. But the way we display the items is easier for us to find when we go on the road and set up a display. So we got to be known as a museum. But we're actually a traveling museum, and we want to teach the public the history of motorsports in New England. And it is available, and it's only available by donation. We don't have prices. We don't have hourly rates. If you would like something set up at uh, your your business, your dealership, something like that, if you're a race fan and you want to be part of the history, give us a call. I know Oscar has been talking to me too. With in the future, we haven't got a date yet, but a few of us have been working together on putting a nice near event right here in North Smithfield on 146. But I think that's still a work in progress at this time. Is that correct? Yeah, that is definitely um, uh, something that we're all trying to put together, and we are looking for, uh, um, you know, vintage clubs, um, automobile clubs, somebody that would love to be part of a nostalgia event, open to racers and uh, vintage car owners, that we could have this big event on Route 146, and um, I think we, we could... Uh, have it like a racers reunion and we want to do it on a uh, an off weekend where even the people that are racing uh say seacon speedway and, and thompson and, Wa uh, and waterford uh don't if they don't have an event that day 
and they'd love to bring their car and showcase their sponsors and their car and, and talk to the fans. I think that would be a tremendous show, and it's the right venue for it. So, But we need help organizing this because we're all up there in years, and uh, we need some uh, young, exciting new people. <laughs> and marketing, too. Marketing is yeah. where I'm going to give you a lot of help on that. Uh, Rick, the name of the place is Pro 9 Motorsports Museum, where racing history repeats itself. It's located at 8 Cleveland Street in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, uh, 02862 if you're setting up your GPS. But please call ahead, 401-447-4202, and also for near1.com with an awful lot of information on scheduling all around New England. Thank God we have someone keeping this alive. Thank you. Rick, take care now, and we'll see you on the trail. You got it, Wayne. Take care now. Take care. Bye-bye. And I hope you enjoyed that. And that was brought to you by Zach Means. Yep, he had a truck and a car this weekend over at New London Waterford. And he's a manager of scrap metal recycling at Ross Recycling. And they're your premier scrap metal yard located in Putnam, Connecticut, uh, where you can turn your extra recyclables uh, right in there or any of their locations in Clinton, Hartford, North Sonington, Preston, and Putnam, Connecticut, right at 64 Tucker Hill Road. Now, what Zach is looking for is all grades of steel, aluminum, brass, uh, batteries and electric motors have a lot of valuable material inside, and they pay the highest rates by the hour. You'll see the convoys coming up Route 44 with the flatbeds that are in the back of the eight-foot boxes. The scales are all built into the ground, or if you're loading the back of a car and truck with a lot of smalls, they have laborers right there to help you unload, too, after you go on the scales. And they pay the highest prices around. Turn that into some pin money for you at the highest rate at Ross Recycling, 860-928-7165. Uh, six days a week, they open at 8 in the morning. They are closed on God's Day. And uh, you can see him at New London Waterford in a street stock and also a truck this year. Two different dish, uh, divisions for Zach Means. They're open right now. It's the talk of the tri-state region. And we're talking about an authentic Mexican restaurant. And I mean authentic. You open that door and go in there, you feel like you've crossed the border. It's Casa Burritos at 114 Main Street in Blackstone, Mass. 508-928-0904. Seven days a week at 11 o'clock. They're also offering a delivery service now they've started. And now they have a catering service involved. At Casa Burritos. And believe me, it is authentic Mexican food. I usually meet the owner on Tuesdays after the author's hour. And he sits down and makes me sample a different Mexican dish. And boy, I don't get heartburn. We're creatures of habit. We know what we like. And this is all new to me. And he's opening up all of my taste buds with authentic Mexican food. And boy, is it good and affordable. 508-928-0904. Casa Burritos, a tri-state destination business. 
Okay, uh, we talked about the race up at Monadnack Speedway. That was race number three of the Whalen. Next one for them is Riverhead Speedway. First of three races on May 20th. Okay, now we'll get into the very first race of the year for Seekonk Speedway. And as you know, we had Jerry DeGasparri as our first guest this year on the uh, eighth season for the Race Chatter Radio Program right here on the station with Personality 99.9 FM. And uh, a lot of the guys, after the four-race shootout at the end of the last year, were debating. Do we go back? Do we not go back? Do we cherry pick? They didn't like how the ending ended up last year. A lot of them felt all of their work for the year was wasted. And the four-car shootout, if you get knocked out the first race, you cannot be the champion. So it, it was a controversial thing, and I've been waiting to see how it worked out. And it looked like most of those drivers that were grumpy from last year did show up. And we're starting off with Brittany Campbell. Uh, She's getting a lot of national recognition now, driving that number eight, and uh, she came through again. Sport Trucks, 25 lap of Brittany Campbell on the top of the heap. Uh, That's one of our first women in racing for the 2023 racing season. Mike Duan, a former champion in the 50, proved he still got the fire in his belly for a second-place finish. Last year's champion, the Ageless Wonder, with 107 career wins, Rick Martin comes home with the bronze medal in the truck division. Daryl Church, Amy Arsenault, Josh Fanater in a truck that was built by Shane Hopkins. He had a fifth up in New Hampshire and a sixth down at Seekonk. Uh, Marissa Morgan, seventh, Bobby Tripp, Tom Scully, the third, not the second, finishes ninth, and Manny Diaz rounded out your top ten in that 25 a lap. Late model had a 30 lapper with former champion Vinny Arangato, comes away with another win in the 17 over Richie Murray and Luke Lebrun. Uh, Mark Jennison, last year's dual champion, uh, finishes one, two, three, fourth. Uh, make that one, two, three, because there was a disqualification along the way there. Uh, Tyler Thomasy finishes fifth. Chase Belcher sixth. I believe that was the Everett Auto Parts sponsored car. Uh, Corey Fanning in the number 11, not the street stock, in a late model. Him and his dad are playing with down Seacock this year that he discussed right here on the race strata. A seventh place finish. First time out. Watch for big things on that. They'll figure it out. Richard Soulier, uh, Jerry DeGasparri Jr. did show up in the 71 to the delight of his sponsors in his fan base. Finishes ninth and Billy Goodrow 10th. Pro Stock, the main feature of the day. They held their 40 lapper with Mike Brightman. Matter of fact, he duplicated last year. He won the very first race, too. Father of those pair of twins. Rick Martin, what a weekend. Gets a second place in the pro stock and a third in the truck. Dave Darling, would he show up this year? Yes, he did in the 52 for the bronze medal. Mark Jennison, fourth. Uh, Bobby Pellin. And let me see, Dylan Estrella, Tom Scully, Jr., Tommy Adams, Colby Fournier, and Mike Mitchell. 
I see him in a lot of divisions. He's had great success years past in the Grand Estate Pro Stocks. Uh, Sportsman, 25 Lapis, and they've changed the name of that uh, division, Sportsman, on a lot of the other New England traps to some new kind of late model division now. Instead of the you know, limited Sportsman that it was for year, and before that it was Street Stocks. But the Sportsman had a 25 Lapper, green to checkers, Ryan Lineman. Wow, what a way to start off the season. Randy Moretti, Adam Petty, not Richard, uh, finishes third. Craig Pianca, last year's champion. Don Perry, Chris Nury, Chad Baxter. Would he come back to Seekonk? Yes, he did for a seventh place finish. Tim Watson, Tyler Alameda, and Jimmy Pepe Silvia finishes in the 10th place in that very, very competitive sportsman division. That is bumper to bumper, metal to metal. Boy, they put on a show. Who let the dogs out? Who cut the cheesecake? Boy, you talk about a phenomenal upstart business in Northern Rhode Island. It's right at the brand new Rotary in Chapachet. This show, this new business startup, I keep telling him he's got to go on Shark Tank. Because I know Barbara would back him and go nationwide. Who cut the cheesecake? At least 20 or more different varieties. You can get them at the Beef Barn, uh, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island, the Smoke Shop down in Blackstone, all your fine restaurants. He has got a three-day wholesale delivery route, plus another four days at the retail establishment. And Evelyn just celebrated one-year employment at Who Cut the Cheesecake? David Silver at 401-742-9240, right there at the Chapachet Rotary. Oh, my mouth-watering. My wife has tried four or five different uh, flavors now, and I really, really, I'm doing my best so I don't break down. (laughs) i got to watch my diabetes. I don't want to get any higher on the Richter scale where I am. But, uh, you know, if you're traveling up to Thompson Speedway, uh, Waterford, New London, or Stafford Speedway, most everybody from this part of New England is traveling up Route 44. So why not stop in before the races or after the races or just to enjoy the ambiance and the nice views of Bowditch Reservoir at Miss Disease Restaurant, conveniently located on Route 44, 2400 Putnam Pike, Chapachet. Now with new owners, a seven-day operation, and now with a new menu on Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. Ten different uh, varieties and one of the best pastry trays I've ever seen. New owners, rest assured, Nanette has stayed on with the new owners. Smartest move they ever done. She knows every customer on a first name, uh, first name basis. For takeout only, no breakfast, anything like that. It's a sit down and for takeout. 401-239-3800. Check them out on Facebook. They're looking for some extra help right now because business is booming. And they've been hosting a lot of anniversaries, parties. Uh, uh, February 14th, Valentine's Day, was a sellout from the promotion on the station with personality, WNRI. Miss Disease Restaurant at 401-239-3800. Let me see if I got a couple of these new ones loaded in. And where they are in the computer. And here's one right here. While I get a few more part of the script out, please enjoy one of my favorite all-time racing songs. (laughs) 
First time I heard that song, I was driving a 340 uh, Dodge Dot Demon against my brother Paul with a Superbird, a Richard Petty Plymouth Superbird down the brand new 102. And I always beat him out of the hole. I had that big 727 torque flight transmission, the big rear end. I would get him out of the hole every time. And then as soon as that big engine kicked in, he'd go by me like a rocket ship. But those were the days. Brought to you by Northeast Race Cars and Speed. Uh, Six Hill Road in Harrisville, home of the He Shed, not the She Shed, and also Hockman Brothers Auto Repair with the best brake job in Northern Rhode Island. Get it repaired right the very first time at an affordable price. A winning motto. 
and they'll build you a race car or a race truck or repairs, classic vehicles, all of it with the fine facility they have. Race car parts and service from a career-long racer, Mr. Shane Hopkins, Herbie, Raylene, Scott. Uh, Scott will ship out those uh, parts for you, the speed parts, by 11 o'clock, Monday through Friday, five days a week at Northeast Race Cars and Speed and Hopkins Brothers Auto Repair. They got a Cox phone number, 401-710-9992 or 1-800-767-9992. They do have a satellite at Monadnock Speedway. Now, if you want to schedule a Rhode Island vehicle state inspection or you need lockout service, jump-starting service, uh, I think black ice is all done, but you never know. You might buy an unregistered vehicle, an ATV or a motorcycle. You want transportation. I gave you enough time. Download this number. 401-568-6286. And that puts you in touch with Boroughville Motors, Larry's 24-hour towing and service, and Brian's Auto and Truck Repair. Order schedule that Rhode Island Vehicle State Inspection. It's a multitasking company with used auto and truck sales with new arrivals every day. Peter and Jerry head up that part of it. Same phone number, 401 568-6286. Manadnack Speedway. We had the New Hampshire Modifieds. Brian Roby comes away with the win over Sammy Ramu. He ran two different divisions over the weekend. Uh, women in racing since we started with our own chapter in New England's golden years of racing. Kimmy Rivet, the 99, starts off the season with a third-place finish. Tyler Leary, Jeff Rowland, Scott Zielinski, Jeff Battle, Adam LaPointe, and a fantastic 20-car field. Her late models had Timmy Wenzel come away with the win over Kenny Thompson. Hillary Redold, third-place finish. Now, they always called this street stocks before, but now they call it New Hampshire late models. So, like I said, there's been some name changes around New England. J.D. Stockwell, Chris Emerson, Isabella Mitchella. Uh, name we're going to have to watch here for women in racing. Kevin McKnight, Danny Robinson, Chris Castor, and Robert Hager. Uh, the Outlaws had Cole Littlewood. Uh, Steve Bly, Phil Meany, John Meany, and Leighton Lutz. In the mini stocks, he sold the car just before he piloted for another win. Sold the winning car before the race. We're talking about 11-time winner from last year, Gordon Farnham, over a former champion, Louis Mayer, going head-to-head again, third gear in a row. John Fultz, Kevin Clayton, Chris Sontag, Robert Williams, and Cameron Sontag. And it looks like they had about 20 cars in the Monster Minis. Our six shooters had Steve Miller, not from the rock band. Uh, Michael Scraton, Jacob Scott, Stevie Miller Jr., uh, John Thilodevo, and Zach Zielinski. Young Guns, instrumental on the growth and history to keep the history alive at Manadnack Speedway and throughout New Hampshire. Owen Zielinski, Adrian Smith, Emma Blake, Marcus O'Neill, Caitlin Hubbard, and Hunter Douglas. Up-and-coming future stars in the Young Guns at Manadnack Speedway. Look at it. One minute to go. Well, another great show tonight. Our guest was uh, Rick Marichal. Operator and manager of Pro 9 Motorsports Museum down on Pataka, Rhode Island. And also very, very instrumental in Near. Watch for that trailer in the schedule around New England.
And we'll be back on tomorrow morning with the author's hour. The name of the book is Endless Times by Walter Stephen Gilding. Remember tomorrow, have the best day of your life. I still got 32 seconds left. Maybe I can tell you who won over at Clamout. Uh, Clamout had Aaron Fellows gets to win from that late model fame from three consecutive years with the monkey on his back over Nathan Wenzel and Joey Jarvis and Jeff Rollins finished fourth over there. Let's see how David Grinslet did. David Grinslet, fourth place in that newly named late model division in Claremont. We'll have him on the show next week for another exciting edition on the station with personality, WNRI. Thank you very much for tuning in.